0: It's the Hoffman Show on a Tuesday here on the Team 980. Always live as well on the free Odyssey app. And what a day it is. You know, we ended the show yesterday saying we could be on Coach Watch. We could be on Commanders Hire Someone because today was the day that they were going to interview Dan Quinn in the morning and then ultimately fly to Detroit to interview Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn. Once those interviews were completed... Theoretically, they could have a, have a have a have their way and say, "Hey, uh, let's let's get this done." And I, th- I think the overwhelming thought was that they would show up with a contract in hand for Ben Johnson to sign, and uh, there would be some maybe quick negotiations, uh, justy justy on the numbers, print out the new contract, and uh, they could come back, and Ben Johnson could be on the plane with them. Welp, on the plane ride to Detroit today. Ben Johnson told the commanders that he's not interested in their job or any other. He's staying right where he is. And so the commanders right now, presumably, are interviewing Aaron Glenn. And then who knows what the hell is going to happen. And that is essentially going to be our show today. Reaction to that and what happens next. We will take... Loads of calls at 301-230-0980. That, of course, is the Ace Law listener line. 301-230-0980. The checkiest of Vibe Check Tuesdays is upon us. Um, Here's what I will say off of the top. This is tremendously surprising. This feels really bad, but it's not as bad as you think it is. Now, I say that as someone who had Ben Johnson as the clear favorite for this job. Ben Johnson is a tremendous offensive mind. He is very well respected by his unit. And those things are what you look for, are two of the the key things you look for. Do you have mastery of the craft? Like, can you really coach? And it's, it's not just a clear philo- philosophical um, something. It's like, can you communicate it? Can you teach it? And certainly... Uh, Ben Johnson has done that in Detroit. The, what, what he has done with Jared Goff, with that offense, is, and along with Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes, their GM, they have taken uh, a, a group of pretty good football players and turned them into a juggernaut offensively basically the last two years. His record is incredible. And the way he goes about it is a way that when you evaluate the process, you go, that guy gets it. He gets how this game is played in 2024 that is the kind of person I want leading my organization and while today there have been some reports that have come out that perhaps he is a little bit socially awkward or has had to work on his people skills he is very well respected in that building and I think it's a part because he is very self-aware that at times he maybe isn't the best and he's willing to maybe he's you know crossed people the wrong way and he's gone back and apologized and he's understands how to manage relationships and he is very well-connected, and I think the confidence was high that he could build a good staff, not only surround himself offensively with the the buttressing he needs to continue to be a, a play caller like Kyle and Sean and Kevin and Mike and Andy Reid and and the other successful coaches that do the dual role of play calling and coaching, um, but that he could also put together a great defense because he was so well-respected in Detroit and in Miami where he was before that and all of that. But – at the end of the day, you have to wonder if he got into these rooms for the or got on the Zooms for the interviews in this particular case because he didn't actually follow through with the in-person interview, um, that if he uh, got on these Zooms or got into these interviews and maybe even feared getting into these interviews because those people's skills just aren't there yet. And whether that's a self-awareness or a fear or a cowardice, if you want to be meaner uh, slash maybe even more correct about it. Maybe he he did get scared. He's not coming. And that is disappointing because I think the difference between Johnson and McDonald and Quinn and a lot of these other guys outside of Slowick, obviously, in this particular case is the offensive head coach takes one of the questions you have to answer off the board. Of course, you have to answer the inverse. Who's your defensive coordinator going to be But the likelihood that you can build a long-term relationship with a coach and a quarterback uh, is just higher. When you hire an offensive head coach, it is a separating factor. But with that said, it's not the only factor and it is far from the most important factor. And, I think that that is why I say this is this sucks because let's be very real coming out of the season he was the favorite. Now, you know, obviously the team is trying to get out the message and you know maybe this is accurate too that they understood all along that that there was a chance this would happen and that he wasn't the favorite. Um maybe he was their favorite coming out of the season if it's like, "Hey, who do you think it's going to be?" It's probably Ben, but we'll see. And the we'll see side won out. Because there's also a chance that he kind of knew that these interviews weren't going to go well. Maybe he heard McDonald crush his interview yesterday, and that it was a, a good a good chance. Maybe he genuinely just does want to stay in Detroit, and he's he's comfortable there. And you know, he if this is the case, shoot, it's admirable. You know, because this dude could make $10 million a year as a head coach. And let's say he's even making $2 million as a coordinator, which would be a very good coordinator salary, um, you know, three, four, whatever. It, shoot, say he's making $5 million as a coordinator. If he could make $5 million more a year, the last two years when he's turned down head coaching's jobs, he's already cost himself $10 million. And I think it's way more than that. Maybe it's not about the money. But at the end of the day, like, this is a guy that was the favorite for a reason and thus it feels bad, but it's not a disaster. I have said consistently since this process started that the candidate pools, both on the GM and the coaching side, were tremendously deep. I genuinely think that there are excellent candidates that were available to them to hire as general manager. They got the best one in Adam Peters, um, but Ian Cunningham, the, the other finalist from the Bears, Fantastic, um, Joe Horowitz, who just went to the Chargers from the Ravens. Had they gone that direction, that would have been a great one. Um, there, there are many others who have gotten GM jobs that I think are very good or varying levels of good at the very least, but some who are, I think are excellent. And I think that Washington got the best of the best in Peters. And I think when it comes to the head coaching side, the same is true. I genuinely thought that Raheem Morris was an awesome head coaching candidate. I'm really happy he got the job. To me, that is the biggest miss here is the timing of it, because would they have gone more aggressively after Raheem Morris if they knew Johnson wasn't an opportunity and that they were willing to wait uh, for Johnson and McDonald and Weaver and Glenn? But Raheem takes the job in Atlanta. Okay, fine. I know this is the most unpopular opinion in town right now, but Dan Quinn's a good candidate. Dan Quinn is an excellent football coach. He knows how to reach players. He will get the most out of them. What he has done in Dallas with that defense is sick, and I think he could do similar things. And you know, I, we'll have to go back and and Anthony, I'm going to put you on this assignment now, and at some point during the show, we'll we'll use your homework here. I guess it's not your homework because it's your it's your schoolwork. Because we're at school, so to speak. But um, a couple weeks ago on Take Command, we talked about Dan Quinn and Logan kind of laid out the case of why he loved playing for Dan Quinn. I would like to find that audio. Because coming out of that interview, I was like, shoot, go hire Dan Quinn. Hearing Logan talk about his former head coach in Atlanta and the exploration mentally that Quinn went on afterwards to be like, Hey, there's stuff that I got to do better. Um, next time I'm a head coach. I think Dan Quinn's an awesome candidate. I think McDonald's my favorite right now. I like the young head coach. I like the innovative guy. I like bringing that Baltimore Ness to Washington with what they've built with the Ravens, but there are great head coaches. And I like Anthony Weaver's the assistant head coach in Baltimore. I'm intrigued by him. I'm intrigued I would say less so by Aaron Glenn, but I'm not not intrigued by Aaron Glenn. He's a dynamic personality. So at the end of the day, Washington is not screwed. Is the favorite and the the, the path of least resistance off the board? Yes. Um, One other name, Bobby Sloak, has been mentioned. Um, I will say I did a YouTube live stream earlier with Michael Phillips. Michael seems to think Sloak is off the board based off of his reporting, so take that for what it's worth. Um I trust Michael a lot, but to, you know, Slovic is still technically on the table. Um is is does that mean that these defensive guys are going to have to answer questions? Yes. Does it mean that you get to go two for two on the biggest sexiest hires and go nana, nana boo boo, we won the offseason to all your friends who uh, when, when it's like, "Yeah, we got the number one head coach and Ben Johnson uh, and the number one GM and Adam Peters." Yeah, we don't get to do that. But they're not screwed. And frankly, long-term, I don't know that Adam Peters isn't the more important hire. And his ability to suss out this hire makes that fact true. So we'll see what happens. Shoot, we could have a coach tonight. Could have a coach by the time we get off the air. I think more likely tomorrow, Thursday. But we'll see. Um, But it's not going to be Ben Johnson. And in a way, that really sucks. But also, in a way, it's not the end of the world. Um, and we'll see, we'll see what Adam Peters and, and Josh Harris ultimately do. Uh, we'll talk about it and get your takes next. 301-230-0980. It's the Ace Law listener line. 301-230-0980, The Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980, streaming live on YouTube, and, of course, always live on the free Odyssey app. It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app. It is a vibe check Tuesday. It's also an overreaction Tuesday. Linnell at 530. Former NFL Executive of the Year Andrew Brandt at 515. But pretty much until then, it is your calls at 301-230-0980. That is the Ace Law listener line. If you're in a wreck, Ace Law helps you get a check. Call 8888-ACE-LAW. All right. Let's go to the phones and let's start off with Steve. Steve, thanks for calling. You are on the Hoffman Show.
1: Hey, how you doing?
0: Um,
2: I, I really didn't think that Ben Johnson was going to come here from day one, and the reason why I thought that is because when we when they Commanders hired that Eugene Shen guy, the analytics guy, he has affiliation with the Ravens. And I just think he has a lot more influence than people know. And I just think this team would do better with McDonald and and Weaver as opposed to a Ben Johnson. I just think that they've been in that Raven structure for a while, and this is what this team needs more than anything else.
0: All right, thanks for the call, Steve. I I don't think it's, like, conspiratorial in the way that Steve said that, you know, oh, I didn't think Ben Johnson would come here because – of the Ravens ties. Um, I Ben Johnson made his own. Here's what I think happened with Ben Johnson. I I didn't say this in the first segment. I should have. I think Ben Johnson in his heart of hearts doesn't want to leave. I think Ben Johnson is acting like a person who was like, if someone pries me out of this job with an offer that I can't refuse, and I'm just going to keep like, you know, when you don't want to do stuff, something and you just keep putting conditions on it. And then people call your bluff. It's like, I don't really want to go out tonight. We'll come pick you up okay, well, I don't really want to, like, I, I, I got to be home by this time. All right, well, we'll drop you back off. It's not a big deal. Like, I'll, I'll pay for your Uber. It's like, uh, and it's like, j- bro, if you don't want to go out, just say you don't want to go out. Like, you can you, you can stay home. It'll be cool. It'll be fine. And that's what, that's what it sounds like, is Ben Johnson was like, because you got these reports from Schefter and Justine Anderson. They, some teams were spooked by his price. And I think Ben Johnson was like, I really don't want to be head coach. I kind of like it here in Detroit. I'm comfortable. And so we asked for $15 million. And teams were like, okay, we'll give you $15. And then he was like, well, I want personnel control. And then teams were like, wait a second. I don't know that this is the case, but like, it feels like a guy who then, when he realized this morning was the day, he woke up this morning and was like, I'm really interviewing for this, and they're going to offer me a contract. They're going to offer me the things that I say I want, and I don't really want them. And I don't have to turn them down if they never come here, and so he got on the phone with his agent, and had a conversation, and eventually this is the result. And the timing is terrible, and it's—I will say—it's—it feels very unprofessional. But at least he didn't waste their time in an interview. Um, so Aaron Glenn gets his interview in Detroit, and the Commanders will go back uh, to to Ashburn later, and they'll circle up and make their decision. But at the end of the day, like this, Ben Johnson felt like a guy who didn't want to go anywhere. And that's why he turned down Washington, why he turned down or took his name out of Washington. I should say turned down, turned down or took his name out of Washington, took his name out of Seattle because he didn't want to go anywhere. Um, but I do think to Steve's other point, like Eugene Shen is a big factor here and that Ravens know-how and a guy, Mike McDonald, who has been in that Raven system, people keep throwing out the idea that McDonald would leave uh, Baltimore for DC with or Weaver would leave with McDonald. I don't know that that's the case. Um, Now, the Ravens defensive backs coach is probably the next up as the D.C. there, not Weaver. So maybe they could get him with the D.C. title here. But he is the assistant head coach there. So it is something to kind of keep in mind before people start going uh, two-for-one special on that. All right, let's go to Mark in Largo at 301-230-0980. Mark, thanks for calling. You're on The Hoffman Show.
1: Hey, what's up, Craig? Hey, how you doing, Craig? You know what okay. uh, You know what I love about you, man? You're taking this so mature. I wish you could have a conversation with Grant and Danny right now, and I know you're younger than both of them, but this, is, this has gotten so personal that people are now attacking Ben Johnson personal. and I think people need to leave it alone. He made a decision, move on from it, okay? I hate when people start doing this, but let me fill out a name that I don't think this is far-fetched, but I think it's a possibility. The first name I threw out, I was going to throw out was Bob sword, but you, you kind of poo-pooed that.
0: Yeah. And why to be, Eric to be clear, didn't... hold up real, real quick, Mark. I didn't poo-poo it. Michael Phillips reported it, uh, as, okay. as unlikely. I slow, would actually be right there with Mike McDonald for me as the guy. Um, I, yeah. we had Nick what, Wagner what, what, on the show a couple weeks ago who covers the 49ers. What about Eric Bieniemy? I Why would you want Eric Bieniemy? I'm, 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 I'm just asking. I'm asking. I, my, I'm asking. I have been well, yeah. pretty clear on this. On I
1: agree with you yeah. on Bobby Sola. I agree with you on Bobby
0: I have been pretty clear on this, and Mark, uh, I guess yesterday you, you might have been listening to the show down the hall when I'm, I'm I said this, it I'm sorry about, I'm but it's sorry it's that. okay. I am not. Yeah. I don't expect everyone to listen every day. I have said I am not taking <clears> any more <throat> Eric Enemy calls because oh, okay. the I'll very, and, and I'll I'll, I will lay it out because just like you, not everyone listens every day, so I don't expect everyone to have heard this, but my simple explanation is this. Eric came here to do a job. That job was yeah. the most power that he had ever had. Yeah. He failed. He now, failed. there are a million reasons why he failed. Many of, you know, if there's a million reasons, let's say 600,000 even weren't his fault. Yeah. But the 400,000 he controlled, that's a lot of reasons. Um, were, I agree. We're bad. Sloak could be perfect. So, so
1: yeah, right. I, I, I like Sloak a lot. The reason why I, the, I like Sloak, and I thought Sloak was better than Ben, because if you were going to draft Jaden Daniels at number two, what better person you would have than Bobby Slork, who's worked with C.J. Stroud already. So he's very familiar with, with C.J. Stroud. Bobby would know how to deal with someone like a, a Jaden Daniels and work with him and go from that point on. But you, you really need to have a conversation with your counterparts when you see them on Friday because they are, they are losing <laughs> it. We're going to put, we're gonna put like, that man, verse I mean, in yeah, uh, 106.7 versus
0: the, the Team 980 uh, after you. all. Uh, Mark, I appreciate the call. Thank you. Um, Again, don't forget, Friday, uh, it is 106.7 The Fan versus the Team 980 live on air, off stage. Or sorry, on stage, off air. Make sure you get that right. On stage, off air, and completely uncensored. Uh, So that will be Friday. It's presented by M Street Bank, and tickets are available now at Bethesda Theater dot com all right let's keep going to let's get one more in this segment but if you're on hold and i'm not about to call your name stay tuned uh slash stay on hold because we have a ton more time to take calls and that's basically what we're doing the whole hour at 301-230-0980 let's go to sharon sharon thanks for calling you're on the hoffman show uh
3: thank you for taking my call i just want to say that I'm, i'm glad that he he did not uh take the job or do the interview because I think that for me, I believe that he did not want the uh, pressure that was going to come along with being the head coach. And because of that, he decided to stay in Detroit where he was comfortable, like you said, and that. I believe, like you said, that maybe he is not the leader that we all probably think that he is. And so, therefore, the pressure in some ways got to him. And he said, I'm going to stay here in Detroit where I am the most comfortable. I don't want those headaches because if he had came here and things did not work out and it was a failure. He's still another reason why he did not want that added pressure. I'm going to stay here, try to finish the job here at Detroit. Hopefully that he's thinking that we can get back next year and the job be completed. And that's one of the reasons why I think that he did not come to Washington or have an interview with Washington or Seattle.
0: No, it's a great call, Sharon. Thank you. Um, and to to be clear, I don't know whether this is the way Sharon meant it, but this is the way I took it, and this is the way I agree with Sharon, that's not a bad thing if that's what Ben Johnson did. He actually did everybody a favor. Because if you take a job that you're not ready for, like, anxiety is real. Like, we do forget sometimes, and Michael said this on the on the YouTube stream earlier, and I appreciated him saying this. Um, we sometimes forget that even the coaches, like, we talk about it sometimes with the players. Oh, these are young men, whatever. These coaches are human beings. And, like, Ben Johnson's not that different in age from me. Uh, he's a little bit older, but he's in his he's in his late 30s. Um, I believe, you know, McDonald's 36. Um, these, these are human beings. And they have anxieties and fears and, and all of these things. Just because they're football coaches, they're still humans. And you have to be ready for that moment. And if you're not ready to put yourself in it, it means you're going to fail. And that's not something that you should do to yourself. And it's certainly not something you should put an organization through. So if he woke up this morning and was like, I can't do this then while this is this sucks and it's unprofessional in the sense that you would have really preferred it to be done in a different manner, different timing before the commander's brass is on the freaking plane, it's better than him accepting a job, like putting on a face for an interview, doing really well, and accepting a job that he doesn't really want. So in that way, it's a good thing. Um, of course, if he was ready for it and then just psyched himself out and he would have been the best option, then this sucks, but we won't know because we don't get to live in two universes at once. Sometimes I wish. Uh, Sometimes I wish we could play out alternate universes. Sometimes that's for information purposes. Sometimes it's just for humor. Sometimes I'm like, I would like to see this, that, or the other thing. Uh, when we get back, uh, D.H. is on hold. We got a couple other calls as well. Uh, so we got some lines open, too. So if you would like to get in, 301-230-0980. That Ace Law listener line fired up on a vibe check Tuesday on the Hoffman Show. It's the Hoffman Show. It's We're on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app. And we are streaming live on YouTube, too, at the Team 980. Uh, Right now, we are taking your calls at 301-230-0980. We got another half hour of that at least. Uh, Also still to come on the show today, uh, Grant and Danny had Albert Breer, who had some very interesting stuff. Uh, We have our own great guests as well. So we'll play some clips from Breer. And then Andrew Brandt joins us at 5.15. And also, we we found the clip of Logan talking about Dan Quinn. So I'll, I'll squeeze that in at some point as well. But for now more of your calls 301-230-0980 starting with uh DH. D.H., thanks for holding through the break there you are on the Hoffman show
2: hey mr Hoffman, man what's going on how you feeling today man
0: i'm doing uh i'm doing good it's a weird day but we're we're hanging in there you know
2: hey it's all good man look i say this watching the game over the weekend i was excited because i just knew we were going to have to wait another 2 weeks before we could make ben johnson the coach just the first half of detroit they just looked Uh, outstanding on offense, and I was looking forward to it. That was my pick. Uh, So to hear the news today, uh, him declining, it was kind of a gut punch, but I think it's because we all set ourselves up that that was the guy that we wanted. Uh, Your last caller mentioned something about him saying no and uh, maybe not being ready for the leadership role. I just want to say that no is not an indictment on your ability. Just because you decline it doesn't mean you can't handle the smoke. He truly may just be comfortable in the situation, and the reasons given – uh, for him st- wanting to stay in Detroit is the exact culture of the city of Detroit and Detroit sports is that they feel as though uh, they have the best opportunity to kind of keep this thing going right now. And he's staying home. He's loyal. That's the the, 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 uh, the traits that they said about him. He's a loyal coach. Okay. He's loyal to his situation right now. And I'll say this, man, when I'm in a job role or something like that, uh, yeah, a job may be offering more money. It may be a different situation, but if I'm truly comfortable and steadfast to where I am now, you know, I can stay there, you know what I mean? And the difference nice. between $2 million and $10 million to him might not be a lot. Uh, when it comes down to it, money may not be his thing. His thing could be comfort or where he lives or his family, so that could be his thing. I will say this, though. Uh, the new regime is not giving any information. I think it's causing the media uh, and the fan base to, to go crazy. Because in the years past, we've always been on the cutting edge of this information and just being able to have this stuff at our fingertips. I think 90% of the fan base right now is trying to have revisionist history to make themselves feel better. All right. You know, Ben Johnson wasn't my guy. I didn't think he could do it anyway. <laughs> right. He wasn't a leader. He wasn't this. He wasn't that. When a week ago you were ready to sign him up, you were you were on board waiting for him too. So let's just, let's just slow down. Let's just think. And let's just understand that what we had in the previous regime, they were quick to make bad decisions. Okay. <laughs> right. This new regime uh, has been better at vetting people and getting the right people for the job. So while we're all pressed, you know, that we wanted Ben Johnson, just slow down, Trust the people in charge making the decisions that are not us, and let them make the best decisions for their franchise because we're just fans. We get to watch it on Sunday and talk about it all week. They are the ones that actually in the building, have to pay these people, and have to be comfortable with the people that they bring in the building. So I'm just the same way I've been since the Harris group has gotten there. I've just slowed down, pumped my brakes on the fandom, and just allowed them to do their thing. This is their house, their building. Let them build it how they want to and make their own decisions. I'm just gonna trust the people, you know, that's put in charge. And then on Sunday, I'm gonna show up and cheer out and hope we get it
0: done. DH Hall of Fame call. Appreciate you. Thank you. Great call. I'm gonna react <laughs> to to a bunch of that stuff um, real quick. So first and foremost, if if Ben Johnson, if this is purely, if this is purely pure, right? And Johnson is like, I feel like I have unfinished business. I'm comfortable. I don't care about the money. Like that's the kind of human that, frankly, we should all ascribe to be. That. What drives our, so to be people that realize that money and power don't drive happiness. Now, money can buy a lot of things that'll make you happy. Power puts you in control of situations where you don't have to worry about what maybe people over you that you don't agree with all the time think. I'm not saying that you are a terrible person or that uh, if you want money or and or power uh, or that money or power aren't things that are worth pursuing professionally speaking. They are. I would love to get to a point in my career where I could be like Dan Levitard, right? Dan makes a lot of money, and he runs his own show. Dan will also be the first one to tell you, um, and I don't have a relationship with Dan. I've just listened to him say this into microphones on a podcast, uh, one that he owns, but that he didn't realize how much responsibility and weight came with that power. That there are many days that he looks back and wishes he would have just signed another lu- lucrative multi-year deal with ESPN where he didn't have to make decisions and be in charge. And so if he is, if he, Ben Johnson is, is, is happy in Detroit, what else do you want but happiness? That is a great lesson in life. He also might have, uh, in the interest of being fair and, and putting possibilities out there, um, he might have been scared of the interviews. He might not have interviewed well uh, and, and known that he wasn't the favorite. And in order to save himself from the embarrassment, quote-unquote, of being the favorite to not getting the job, he pulled himself out. Like, we don't know exactly what is going on here. But I do think, regardless, a good lesson to keep in mind for all of us is that money and power don't equate to happiness in a direct line. And if Ben Johnson has that perspective on life, then salute to Ben Johnson. Um, I will also say this, on the information side of this, as someone who lived in that world for a while, I think Kime has done, uh, as he always does, has done a tremendous job of being responsible with his words around this, where John has said, you know, the Harris group isn't giving me anything, but people around the league think it's Ben Johnson. Let me explain to you how that works often. People start connecting dots. That's agents, that's other front office people, that's other coaches, and it's like, I don't know, Washington's, the the best job Johnson's the best candidate it seems like there's mutual interest uh let's you know I I would think it's Johnson that's one person you talk to that person they're like yeah I don't I don't know anything but like I think it's Johnson you know you talk to someone else same thing like I don't know anything but it, you know all signs are pointing to Johnson well now you've talked to you know and let's say these are this aren't isn't a reporter you know two uh three league people talking and and they all are like, well, two in person A is like, well, person B and person C said, it seems like it's Johnson. You know, so you, then a reporter calls person A and it's like, yeah, I don't really know anything personally. But like I talked to a couple of my buddies, they think it's Johnson. And now all of a sudden you have this narrative that tends to snowball of like everyone's talking to each other, being like, I don't know anything, but I think it's Johnson. And if they all keep telling each other that eventually enough people say it, it's like, well, it's got to be Johnson. And it really just started with people connecting dots that didn't ha- come from actual information. It just came from logic. And I'm not saying the logic was bad here. Washington was the best job. Johnson was coming out of the season seen as the best candidate. He plays a style that would seem appealing to Adam Peters. It and comes from an environment that they're trying to mimic. It made all the sense in the world why he was the number one candidate and why people were connecting those dots. But when no one had was actual information connecting those dots it's just a bunch of people connecting dots and eventually you have so many people saying the same thing that the echo chamber actually loses the I don't know anything part and it just becomes everyone says it's Johnson so it must be Johnson turns out it's not Johnson uh we got a couple of more calls uh and so let's let's break now and uh, we'll hit what's trending quickly. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the hour with some more calls. And we can take Actually, We're going to blow out Not My Beat today uh, because Andrew Brandt's going to join us at 515. So we'll take some more calls at the top of the hour as well. 301-230-0980. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980 and always live on the free Odyssey app. It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Andrew Brandt in 30 minutes right now. More of your calls, 301-230-0980. Then, of course, the Ace Law listener line. If you're in Iraq, Ace Law helps you get a check. Call 8888-ACE-LAW. All right, let's go back to the phones, uh, and let's start off with Derek. Derek, thanks for calling. You are on the Hoffman Show.
4: Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I hope you guys are doing well. Um, Yeah, so uh, I'm not – by the way, I wanted to shout out the two callers before me, Mark and DH. Those were great calls. They were um, pretty spot on. I think a lot of us or fans are disappointed because the media, like the – or however you want to phrase that – um, exactly. They didn't have a lot of information. So they were connecting dots and just people started naming favorites. Uh, ben Johnson will be the favorite, this and that, this and that. So everybody thought it was a done deal. So everybody's watching the playoffs and watching Ben Johnson. Um, and they're getting their hopes up that we're flying a plane out there. Um, one of the funny things about everybody reporting that we're flying a plane to Detroit to meet with him is that they forget that uh, McDonald is just up the road, uh, right? So they don't—they don't really have to fly a plane over there, you know. Right. But in <laughs> um, fa- so in fairness, like Dan, toss,
0: I guess. Yeah. In <laughs> fairness, Dan Quinn did fly here, um, but I think I think because exactly. because Detroit, when they scheduled this interview, Detroit was still in the playoffs, and there was a chance that they would be in yeah. the playoffs. That it's like, hey, look, especially because we're interviewing not just Ben Johnson but Aaron Glenn, in case you guys need to be preparing for the Super Bowl, we'll fly to you. So it was more of a logistics thing than like, a, oh, we are bending at the knee for Ben Johnson.
4: Yes, yeah, and that's that's uh, every ever since those reports came out about flying, that's always what I thought, and I, you know, giggled in my in the background. I got a lot of friends who were like, oh, we're flying to get him. We're flying to get him in our per, in our private jet or whatever it was. Right. And I was like, hold on, let's not forget the circumstances here. Right. Um, and so. I wasn't, dis- I, I wasn't disappointed. He, honestly, I kind of categorized him. I didn't have a solid favorite. I categorized him like you and Logan always talk about categorizing the draft prospects into like sure. tiers. So yeah. he was t- wasn't the tier one, but so was Mike McDonald for me. And mm-hmm. at the lower edge of that is Bobby Sloak. And I think one of the two things that Bobby Sloak and Mike McDonald have over um, Ben Johnson is the culture. Um, not saying Detroit is not a great culture, but you look at Bobby Sloak, who's in Houston now, but he came from
0: San Francisco, San Francisco. Sure.
4: and he was under D'Amico Ryans, who came from San Francisco, and one of the things we know about San Francisco is offensive or defensive, they put out head coaches like like it's crazy,
1: yeah, um,
4: they have- Kyle Shanahan does. And then Baltimore, I mean, who doesn't want to be an organization like Baltimore, you know? Sure. And I know that, um, you know, the, the, I think it was DH um, or maybe it was Mark that brought up, you know, the connection with Eugene Shen. I do think I've been thinking about that in the background a lot. Like, I think there is a something to be said here about that connection. And, um, you know, maybe it's not Mike McDonald uh, because as, as of right now, I have my tier one. Without Ben Johnson, Mike McDonald, and Bobby Slowick, even though I know um, Michael Phillips said probably not Slowick, right. um, my tier two is Weaver, and it's because of exactly those reasons that you mentioned. Like I know he's a defensive line, but why does he have the title? It's intriguing that he has the uh, assistant head coach title, you know, for sure, as opposed to um, as opposed to Mike McDonald. So I'm intrigued by that, but also like I do. As much as I'm not a fan of the retread, I love the idea of Dan Quinn. You know, yeah. he's a proven leader and coach, and he's been to the Super Bowl before. And if you give him a second chance, you know, what would he do differently? Um, seems like he's reflected on that. So I'm not yeah. out on Dan Quinn, but I do have other preferences. Um,
0: yeah, and Derek, I appreciate the call. We got a couple more, so I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off there. But I appreciate you you obviously listening to not just the show, but to um, take command as well with Logan and and I'll actually get to what Logan said about Dan Quinn on Take Command in a second. I will say the Eugene Shen thing, like Mike McDonald has been with the Ravens for a long time, but Eugene Chen left them in 2019. And at that point in his career, Mike McDonald was not very far up the ladder. Like he was still a position coach or an assistant position coach. So I don't know how much like the VP level data guy was working with that assistant. Uh, position and a assistant position coach and a coaching intern at the start of Eugene Shen's run in Baltimore uh, versus uh, and maybe a position coach by the end. Maybe because um, maybe Mike uh, McDonald was a young guy that like really got it was someone who could translate that stuff to the players. Maybe um, I just and clearly there's familiarity friendships, you know, network stuff, but um, I don't I don't want to read too much into that. And here, here's I think the more important thing out of Derek's call that I want to point out. I think Ben John, like part of the reason I liked Ben Johnson so much as a candidate, is because of Detroit's culture. Not to say that I don't love San Francisco and I don't love Baltimore, but Detroit—they flipped the culture in the way that it needs to be flipped here, and it started in part with ownership change. Like there was a, a change in in who was in charge in the Ford family. That uh, the the new person brings in, uh, you know, Brad Holmes and and Dan Campbell and they take a franchise that had been like a, a sad you-know-what organization for like 60 years, and they flip it like that in three years to one of the best teams in, in the NFL. I want a guy who's been there for that. That's intriguing to me. That's, that is a, a a feature, not a bug. But by the same token, you know, Ravens and, and Niners, uh, do you – can, can you create that here? But I, I would be a little bit scared of kind of what happened to Eric. The enemy comes in and he's like, this is the way we do it. And, you know, you you got to know how to massage that culture and, and build a ramp. You can't just jump because people fall through the crack, if you will. Uh, let's go to Marcus uh, real quick. Marcus, thanks for calling. You are on The Hoffman Show.
1: Thanks, Craig. Enjoy your show a lot. Um curious to get you to expand on Dan Quinn a little bit. Uh, Fans hate the idea on social media right now. People are talking about not being fans anymore and that he's a Ron Rivera clone and all that. So I hope you can expand a little bit on your knowledge of him and why you think that all those people are wrong and that he might actually be a good hire.
0: So I will say a couple things real quick, and then we have the bite from Logan, which is more than I could ever say because Logan played for the guy. Um, the number one thing I would say different in terms of Rivera versus Quinn is Dan Quinn is a man and a coach of substance. Like we, we, I think Ben Standig's story in The Athletic when Ron got fired, and frankly, Ron's own interview with John Kime exposed exactly what the biggest flaw with Rivera is. That despite the fact that he is a way smarter football guy that, than a lot of people give him credit for, he was a narrative chaser, and he was a headline chaser. And not in that he wanted attention, It's but he allowed the narrative to impact how he coached and the decisions that he made and the way he treated people. That's a crappy way to be a head coach, and it's an especially bad way, like ineffective way. When I say crappy, it's not an indictment of character. It's I mean, I don't think it's great, but I, I mean that in terms of efficacy. And it's a really ineffective way to to do it, especially in a market like D.C. And let's be honest about this market. The media is different here. Um, I don't necessarily, like, I'm a part of it, so I'm not going to be like, oh, it's awful, the terrible media, and pretend like I'm not a part of it. I try to do the job in the way that I think it should be done, and I would do the job the same. I do the job the same way here that I did in Dallas and that I would do if I got a job anywhere else in the country, to be very clear. But there is this political media crossover that there's a lot of Talk about narratives. and There's a lot of talk about who's up and who's down and the horse race versus the substance. It's my biggest complaint, frankly, about political media is political politics or like politics is supposed to be about what we have in our like what the legislators are doing to that affects all of our lives. These laws aren't about the senators and the congresspeople. It's about us. And how does it affect me if this health care uh, bill passes or this immigration bill passes But so much of the political coverage is about what it means for the elected officials. And I think a lot of times, instead of talking about the substance here, it's about the power structures in the narrative. And so if you constantly chase that as a head coach, then you're not going to succeed in a market like D.C. I don't think that's a problem for Dan Quinn. I think he is an incredibly bright football mind who has been innovative and shown his way. Uh, that he can adapt. Like, he doesn't run the same cover three stuff he ran in Seattle and Dallas. And he has found ways to create superstars in all those places, whether it's Micah Parsons, uh, you know, obviously Diggs uh, in Dallas, amongst others, uh, Deron Bland, the year he had this year. And I know there's some risk-reward there, but, like, he had a historic season. Um, Obviously, the Legion of Boom in Seattle. Like, he has done it. And he did coach a team to a Super Bowl in a much smaller window than – Uh, Ron did in Carolina. And I think he looks back with some reflection about what he did post-Kyle and the way that he got in trouble in this reflective way that would not make him repeat the same mistakes where Ron literally tried to run it back with the same people. And that is why the comparison of the two to me is nonsensical, even if they're both quote-unquote retreads. Um, I asked Logan about this on Take Command uh, let's see. About 12 days ago, here's what Logan said about his former head coach in Atlanta, Dan Quinn, head coach candidate. How do you how do you like him?
5: I mean, I can't say enough good things about Dan. I think when I went to Atlanta, it was like a brush of fresh fresh air for me in my career. Like, and quite honestly, because he just did such a good job of creating like one of the best cultures I've ever been around. Like it was so fun to come to work. It was so fun to be a part of his vision. He cared about the players. He's passionate about the players. Obviously he's a smart football guy, but you know, I can't speak to McDonald and what he does, right. And how the guys like him, but having been a player for Dan, I know he just builds relationships at the highest level, you know, and I know um, he has a really good relationship with Kyle. Kyle's got a great, great relationship with Adam. So I think like that's your, when you're getting a referral from Kyle Shanahan. and I think that's a big deal. I also think, you know, one of the things I keep, I brought this up a couple of times on the show and I just, it's to me, it's one of the most valuable things that he's done. Like despite all the stuff he did for me in Atlanta, what I saw him do with the team there, like after he got fired, I remember he called me and said, you know, I'm trying to figure things out like where I went wrong. And like that, reflectiveness, that growth mindset, I think is so important. So I don't think he's going to make the same mistakes that he made in Atlanta. And I think he's going to kind of, he just, he's just a good dude, man. Good dude. Awesome coach. Can't say enough positive things about him. I think the team would be very lucky to have him here. Obviously he's a little bit older and, you know, is this the right fit for what Josh Harris wants with Adam? I don't know. And so that's, again, something that goes through in the interview process, but in terms of building a culture, a positive work environment, you're going to be hard pressed to find a guy better than that um, in terms of building relationships with players. So um, again, like it's more than that, you know, it's again, does the vision align with what they're trying to do in, um, in the front office here? But in terms of that kind of stuff, he's excellent.
0: Well, I mean, if you don't like Dan Quinn after that, I don't think I'm going to be able to convince you. One thing I will underscore there is the relationship with Kyle. And so when Dan Quinn goes to hire an offensive coordinator, um, I do think that he will be looking at that Shanahan tree, and I think he could probably po- poach someone from San Francisco. Obviously, Adam Peters can be helpful there. Um, you know, could he poach someone else from a similar tree? Um, someone from McVay's tree? Someone uh, you know who's working for Kevin? Like, there's there, it, it's going to be a challenge. And if you strike great success, are you going to lose that guy? Yes, but I think Dan Quinn understands that, and he knows he's got to have a succession plan that's better than oh, we're going to go hire Steve Sarkeesian, which is what he did last time, and kind of chased a a name and a good a, a good OC, but not not one that was from the same tree and that could keep the continuity. Um, but then again, you know, as the Eagles just proved, with Nick Sirianni, like Nick Sirianni, had to replace his coordinators, and he's an offensive guy. And he tried to just have the next guy up, and the next guy wasn't up for the job in Brian Johnson. So um, definitely going to be interesting to watch. But Dan Quinn certainly, I I think, is a better candidate than a lot of people are giving him credit for. Take more of your calls, one more segment worth of that before Andrew Brandt joins us at 301-230-0980. 301-230-0980. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980 and always live on the free Odyssey app.